We continue our series on the seven signs of John, and uh, as that scripture indicates, these signs are not just miracles, but miracles with a message. And this is the seventh sign, which is the raising of Lazarus, and this indeed is the greatest sign and leads us into Palm Sunday and Easter. And so uh, it is the story of Jesus raising Lazarus. It's uh, a bit of a long reading, but I think it is uh, one of the most powerful stories in all of the Bible. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said this to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. Then Jesus tells them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come to the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have come and kept this man from dying? Jesus once more was deeply moved and came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did not I tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus said, and called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came out. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, as I said, this is the seventh sign, and we've been looking at these signs, and as I said, John gives us seven signs that he tells us are not just there 
to show us Jesus' power and miracles, but also there's a message in each one of these for us that will help us believe in Christ as uh, Lord and Savior. And I've asked everyone to think about four questions during the course of the week. Uh, The first being, what does this sign mean to the people of Jesus' time? What does this sign tell us about Jesus? What is this sign saying to me? And who else needs to hear this message of hope? And I hope you'll walk back into this story. I love the story of... um, this neighborhood, and it was predominantly Catholic, and only one man was a Protestant. And every time during Lent, when all the Catholics were having fish on Friday evening, they'd smell this man uh, grilling in the backyard, and he was grilling steaks, and the best steaks ever. And so they did everything they could to convert this Protestant to become a Catholic, so they'd have to smell those steaks cooking. And so finally, uh, the man became a Catholic, and so they came before the priest, and in front of all his neighborhood friends, the priest sprinkled with water and said, you were born a Baptist, and you were raised a Baptist, but now you're a Catholic. And they thought everything was good, but the first Friday of the next year, Lent, they rolled around, and they smelled the same steak grilling over there in his yard, so they went over there, and they looked over the fence, and there was a man sprinkling water on the steak going, you were born a cow, you were raised a cow, but now you're a fish. <laughs> well, we are in the season of Lent, a season of prayer, and a season of reflection, and we will shortly move into Holy Week. But as we have been looking at these seven signs, which are are deeply and profoundly meaningful, not just the story that is said there, but the message that is beneath there, if you'll reflect and you'll uh, just meditate on the course of the week, and so I invite you to walk back into this story. And the story is of Jesus, who's with disciples, some distance away from Bethany, when he receives word that his friend, the brother of Mary and Martha, His friend Lazarus is very, very sick. And uh, you recall the story of Mary and Martha? We just did Dining with Jesus with Mary and Martha. I love that story. And uh, the story is that Mary and Martha, two very different personalities when Jesus was coming to their home for dinner. And there was a lot to prepare. And uh, Martha was scurrying around. She's a type A personality. Man, we love these people because they get things done. And uh, she's serving. She's doing good things. And she's so busy with this meal And she's frustrated because her sister Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. She's just listening to Jesus. She's just started praying and reflecting. And finally, she just gets so uh, upset that she's alone doing all this serving that she goes to Jesus and said, Jesus, can you tell my sister help me? And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, and this very loving thing. Uh, You're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the better. And we do need both the Mary and the Marthas, but it reminds us, I think we all have those personalities, but these two women uh, and their beloved brother had hosted Jesus, they were dear friends, and Jesus hears word that Lazarus is deathly ill, and Jesus delays in going. Man, have you ever felt like God is delaying on your prayers? Am I the only one? Have you ever felt that God is just like, not listening, or is dragging his feet, or whatever, and so, man, uh, in reflecting on that, maybe they felt that way, and then finally, after a couple of days, Jesus goes, and as Jesus is, and Jesus tells the disciples ahead of time, and they're kind of dense on that, that Lazarus is dead, and so Jesus walks towards Bethany, and took a little while to walk there, and there's Martha. She sees Jesus in the distance, and Martha runs out to Jesus. And Martha says, if you'd 
only had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Wow. Have you ever felt that way in your prayers? If only Jesus would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. And Jesus looks at her and said, do you believe in the resurrection? And, and she says, you know, you are the Messiah. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection life. The one who believes in me, though they die, yet shall they live. And Martha is still in a quandary about what all that means, but it's a very profound moment. And then Jesus has her go to get married. Now, Martha has run out to see Jesus, and Mary's at the house grieving. And isn't it true that we grieve differently? There's Martha. She's the type A person, and she sees Jesus, and she runs to him. She's that extrovert. She's the, she's the doer. Mary is alone with her grief in, in her home. And we all grieve differently, and it's all good. God loves us all and created us differently. But Mary comes to Jesus. And you notice, even though these women are completely different personalities, she says the very same thing. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Man, have you ever felt that way? In the midst of your grief and sorrow and heartache and heartbreak, and Jesus looks at her, and he, in that moment, it says, Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, two words, Jesus wept. And I think that's the first message here is that Jesus shares our sorrow. Jesus shares our sorrow. And people sometimes wonder, you know, why did Jesus weep? Because Jesus was about ready to call forth Lazarus from the dead. Jesus knew what he was going to do. I think one of the things here that's really important is that Jesus allows himself to be vulnerable. Jesus allows himself to be vulnerable. Jesus allows himself to be hurt by what hurts us. Jesus allows himself to be crushed by what crushes us. Jesus allows himself to be broken by what breaks us. And don't you know, many times in our grief, we need someone just to weep with us. There are no right words. And so Jesus embraces them and weeps with them in that moment in what is one of the most beautiful moments of Emmanuel, God come to us. God come to share not just our joys, but our heartache, our heartbreak, our sorrows, that which crushes and hurts us and breaks us. And that is one of the most powerful moments in all of Scripture as Jesus weeps with these two women, Mary and Martha, and shares their sorrows. And I wonder this morning, what breaks your heart? What loved one do you miss? We're coming into Easter and that special holiday season, and many of us, I think all of us, are missing someone that we deeply love, that is so close to us, and we weep from time to time. I think Jesus in this moment would say, I weep when you weep. I am there for you. And it, I think it's powerful. And the second thing I think is that Jesus speaks words to Martha and to Mary, and then to Lazarus, I am the resurrection and the life. And we have said that Jesus in each of these signs seems to indicate there's seven instances of uh, the signs that John specifically calls them a sign. And then there are seven I am statements. And remember that the I am is, is significant because that's when uh, God revealed himself to Moses in that, in that moment before the burning bush and said, who shall I say sent me? 
And God said, I am that I am, or translated Jehovah or Yahweh. And so it's a powerful revelation of Jesus as God, the one who created the world, the one who was there as God's word, God's living word at creation. And God in John as the new creation, the one who breathes new life, a new creation and redemption into us. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and life. And Jesus goes to the tomb and tells them to roll away the stone. And they resist at first saying, Lord, he's been dead for four days. You know, it's not a good time to do that. And Jesus said, you will see and believe. They roll it away. And Jesus says, he prays first, knowing that the father has heard him and said, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth. Wow, what a stunning, powerful moment. And so Jesus is the resurrection life. Jesus is not only the one who weeps with us, but Jesus is the one who will speak the word of resurrection to us. And I think in this moment, you see a glimpse of what John will catch a glimpse of in Revelation. We're doing Revelation in my midweek Bible study. We pause for the Lenten season. But we see the, John seeing the vision of the risen Lord, which is a, so powerful that John falls prostrate. He doesn't even want to look. And the angels even cover their eyes as the risen Lord in this moment brings forth the word of life and reads names that will, be, that will echo through eternity and bring people forth from the dead. And this is a picture, a foreshadowing of that, a foreshadowing, of course, of Jesus, who himself will be resurrected from the dead three days after the crucifixion, but also is a, is a message to us. So I think we know that Jesus is the one who speaks the word, I am the resurrection and life, but it also calls us to look beyond the moment and this moment. I think for all of us, because John in this moment knows that he's lived to be about 90, early 90s. And John is the only one who didn't die a martyr's death of all the disciples. John probably, even by the time this gospel was written, had seen a number of the disciples who gave their life for the faith. We know that, that Peter did, and so many others. And so John has seen the tragedy, and it could even be the case that Lazarus, who came forth from the grave in this moment, had already died, because Lazarus eventually did die. But John thinks it's very important for us to hear this message, and why is that? Well, I think in looking beyond the moment, John wants us to see the hope that is here in this moment, because the truth be told that all of us will one day die in this earthly existence. But John wants us to see that this is a picture of all of us, that Jesus will call us forth from the grave. And Jesus will weep with those who weep, but Jesus will bring the word of resurrection and life. In this moment, the picture's eternity, of not just Jesus being resurrected from the dead, but each and every one of us. And I think that's such an important moment for us because sometimes in the grief, it is easy to lose that hope that is so rich, the promise that is so true. There's a, a great story that I love that Henry Nouwen tells. And he tells a story of two twins that are in the womb. And it's dark in the womb. And like twins are sort of fussing back and forth. And it's a boy and a girl. And uh, the boy is struggling. And the girl in the womb says, you know, I just feel something. And the boy says, like what? We're, you know, we're here in this darkness. And she says, you know, I think there's something beyond the womb. And the little boy says, well, how do you know that? We're in the world. This is all we know, darkness. And 
She says, no, I, I feel that there's something beyond the womb. I feel that, like there's, there's light that's calling us. And the boy says, I don't know how you can feel that. And she says, well, I think there's something more. He says, what? What do you think there's more? She says, I think there's a mother. He says, a mother? What's a, what's a mother? She says, no, I think there's this one who loves us. And, and we're going to feel something new. Some kind of a new life is going to unfold from just this darkness, even though we can't see it. And Henry Allen goes on to say, I think that's a picture of us moving from this life into the next life. And as good as this life can be sometimes, it has its joys and it has its sorrows. It takes a step of faith to believe in the next life. But that next life is as true and as powerful as a baby moving from the womb to new life. And it does involve pain, as any woman can tell you. It does involve pain. But that birth is a new birth into a greater world. And we move from this life through death to the next world. That light that unfolds and the eternal creator greets us in a way that is as beautiful and powerful and even more so than a mother greeting her newborn babe or babies. And I think in this moment, maybe John is trying to remind us of that. There's another story that I love about heaven, too, written by Randy Alcorn. And it's so hard to get a glimpse sometimes, particularly when we're in the throes of sorrow and missing someone that we love. But he tells the story of this man that went to a party and he goes to a party with a friend and uh, they get to the party and it's a nice party. And there's hors d'oeuvres and there's good music and he's just enjoying, he's eating, but he happens to notice that some members of the party leave, you know, unexpectedly. They're gone. He looks around and and he's enjoying the party, and then in the middle of it, someone comes up and taps him on the shoulder and says, it's time to go. And he says, already? Time to go? Yeah, you time to go. And so he goes with this person, gets in his car, and they drive, and then they go into this home, and bam, there's a huge party. And as good as the other party was, this party not just has hors d'oeuvres, but has a feast that's just amazing. And he sees the people that left the other party. They're there. And friends and family from long before there. And it's just a huge homecoming party that's better than any party that he was before. And Randy Alcorn says, you know, that's a picture of us moving from this life to the next life. We enjoy some moments in this life. But there's going to be a tap on our shoulder one day. And we're going to go to a homecoming reunion party that is better than anyone that we could ever realize. And that is like heaven opening up to us. And I think in this moment, as John is sharing this with us, a moment that he was an eyewitness to, John wants to remind us that all of us, like Lazarus, will grieve the loss of friends and family, just as Mary and Martha did. Some of us in a more extroverted way, some in a more introverted way. But whoever we are, that Jesus weeps with us. But Jesus also will call us forth from the other side of eternity, just as Jesus did Lazarus, just in that powerful moment. And John himself has lost many friends and loved ones who have stood their life true to the faith. And John knows that this hope is a real hope that we have, the one that calls us forth from 
death to eternal life, the one that calls us forth from darkness to life. And in just a few chapters from here, John shares these words in John 14 that Jesus is sharing to disciples just before Jesus is going to be crucified as he's kind of going into those last moments. And Jesus is trying to comfort the disciples, but I think the words echo down to us. And these are words that I often share with um, a person who is um, on the door step to eternal life. In John 14, 1 through 4, it says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I tell you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. You know the place to where I'm going. And I think the reason that we know the place to where Jesus is going is it's going to feel like a home that is truer than any home that we've ever known in this life. As Jesus takes us from the hand and watches, walks us from this life to the next life. And in this moment, whoever you're missing in this time, I know we're all broken and grieving over someone that we've lost in our life. But these are words of hope that John is sharing that not only foreshadow the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of each and every one of us. And Jesus not only says, Lazarus, come forth, but one day Jesus will call out to each of us in heaven's home. Father, come forth. Mother, come forth. Grandfather, come forth. Grandmother, come forth. Brother, come forth. Son or daughter, sister, come forth. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. We join me in prayer. Lord, as we walk ever closer to Holy Week, when you were willing to lay down your life and pay the price for our sins and shortcomings, that we could know your love, and love and justice would be balanced. And then on that first Easter, and angels singing in heaven, you walk forth from death to life. And you gave us the promise of eternal life and the promise of new life in you. Help us today to hold on to those truths that you not only weep with us, but you promise the resurrection to us. Lord, we know that many of us miss ones that we love, but we know that you bring us hope. And we know that we do have the firm promise of eternal life. Help us to open our hearts and lives to your love and grace and to realize that your Holy Spirit is even now opening up new life in us and gives us the promise of eternal life. In Christ's name, and all God's people said, amen.